Well, good morning. What a wonderful prayer. Write every word of Jesus' story on my heart. I feel like we've already had the sermon. We've already had wonderful worship. I just so appreciate the songs, Joe, that you led. But uh, we do have another story if you want to come along to Martha's house. We're going to uh, listen to some of the words of Jesus uh, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, the last five verses. We're going to listen in to a conversation between our Lord Jesus and Martha. Now, there was a long conversation between Jesus and Mary and maybe the disciples around, but the details of that we'll just have to imagine. It's not recorded what Jesus was saying as Mary was sitting at his feet and the disciples and children and I don't know who all was gathered around listening to him. We can imagine, though, and I think we should imagine what he might have been telling Mary and the people around him. If you have a Bible with red letters, you can just page around and read all those red letters, the words of Jesus in red, and just imagine he was saying some of those things to Mary and the disciples and the children and those gathered around. Well, Jesus' words are so powerful. He said himself, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He also said in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on me and believes on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Are you thrilled to be a Christian today? We're passed from death to life because of our faith in the Lord Jesus. I'm so thankful to be a Christian, to know my sins are forgiven because I have trusted in Jesus' word, and his word is good enough. His blood shed on the cross, his resurrection is able to save me, give me an eternal life. Well, there was an important visitor coming to Martha's house on this day in this story, and this reminded me as I was thinking about it this week, I thought about, you know, I think one of the first important visitors I remember coming to our house in Pennsylvania was Paul Smith. Now, there's a lot of Paul Smiths in the world, but the particular Paul Smith that was coming to our house was the evangelist pastor, Paul Smith from Elida, Ohio. I didn't know the name meant nothing to me, but my mom was working. She was getting a dinner or supper, as we called it, ready because he was coming to our house for supper before the evening service. There were special meetings at church. And so there was all this excitement, and finally this man arrived, and we were sitting down for supper. But Paul Smith wasn't at the table, and my mom was kind of whispering to the four little children that I guess she had tried to get ready for church, and she'd gotten this wonderful meal ready. She said, oh, he's not eating with us. That seemed very strange to me. I don't remember a word that he said at the church. I don't know if it was a weekend meeting or a whole week of revivals. I don't remember anything about Paul Smith except that he didn't eat with us that night. And that was strange to me because mealtime was and still is very important to me. I figured he probably was sick. I think the word fasting and prayer might have been mentioned. I'm not sure. I've been, I mean, this is, I was probably five or six years old. This really goes way back. But for some reason, he was in a bedroom in our house, just quietly, I figured suffering from some illness because we were eating this great meal that my mom had made. Uh, I think, like I said, she may have whispered that he wanted to pray and fast before the evening service. I'm not sure. Maybe he was sitting at the feet of Jesus in a spiritual sense. Well, 
Martha's house had an important guest coming too, and the place was buzzing with excitement. I don't know if they had warning. Somebody ran ahead and said, Jesus and his disciples are coming. He's teaching along the way. Uh, we assume this is the same Martha and Mary that had a brother, a famous brother named Lazarus. It doesn't say in, in the Luke 10 whether it was the same Mary and Martha. There's been multiple families through the years with two girls named Martha and Mary. We even have two sisters here this morning who are Martha and Mary. So some people say, well, this is not the same Martha and Mary that we read about in John's gospel where Martha served a wonderful meal and Mary was at Jesus' feet and poured out a $50,000 jar of, of uh, ointment on Jesus' feet. Or $10,000. I was just reading, the median income in the world is $10,000. The median income in the United States is 50000 So anyway, it was a year's income in that bottle that Mary poured out on Jesus' feet in John, John's Gospel. I think it was the same Martha and Mary because Martha was serving there, and she was gifted in serving. Well, let's read the story. If you have, if you have your Bible, uh, just open it to uh, Luke 10, and we're going to read the last five verses. You can stand uh, for the reading of the word. Now it came to pass, this is verse 38 of uh, Luke 10. Luke 10, 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. But Jesus answered and said unto her, My dear Martha, that's how the New King uh, the New Living Translation translated, my dear Martha. Most of the other translations say, Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that today you will open our ears and open our hearts to receive your word. May we sit at your feet and listen to you today and in the days ahead for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. I like the New Living Translation of Jesus' words to Martha, my dear Martha. John 10.5, where it talks about Mary and Martha and Lazarus. John 10.5, I found this gem of a verse this week. It says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved this family very, very much. One of the first songs we learned in Sunday school for most of us was, Jesus loves me, this I know. And Martha felt that love from Jesus and she knew that love and she so appreciated it and she wanted to give him the best meal that she could she was working so hard I imagined it smelled like yesterday when I went to a fall festival and I smelled what smelled like chicken and there was such such peace and beauty around the place I just I just was so touched and then to eat that chicken and the coleslaw 
and the uh, peanut butter M&M cookies and the ice cream with caramel topping. I imagine Martha was putting a meal together very similar to what I had yesterday. It was, it was fantastic. And as I read the story, as you look at these verses, it looks like Mary was helping her with the meal. Maybe others were helping. It may have been a very big house because Jesus had all these disciples and all these other people. Uh, in John's Gospel later, when Lazarus died, there was a whole crowd of, of uh, people mourning there. It may have been a very large place. And Martha knew Jesus. She loved Jesus. She would maybe served him before a meal. I'm not sure. She had a to-do list, I believe. Anybody know about a to-do list? She had a lot to get done in just a short time. She might have had servants that were washing Jesus' feet and the disciples' feet, getting them comfortable. And this little phrase, Mary has left me, please tell her to come back and help, would make me think that Mary was working hard in the meal preparation or something in the preparation. Maybe uh, she was setting up trash bins or maybe she was, I don't know what she, you, you can imagine. What were you doing yesterday? Every, every part is very important, isn't it? In serving Jesus and loving Jesus. But then as Jesus got comfortable, he started sharing something on his heart. I wish the words were recorded here, but like I said, you can read forward or backward in your Bible, anywhere the red letters are. He might have been saying some of these things. He might have been talking about forgiveness of sins. He might have been talking about peace and joy and how very soon he was going to die. But he was going to rise again and then he was going to send back the Holy Spirit. So even though he wasn't, going to be here physically, he would be with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He would not only be with us, but he would be within us. Wonderful words. Martha somehow forgot about her job. Whatever, I'm sorry, Mary forgot about her job. Martha thought about Mary's job and her own job and other people's job. And she just, as I read in one of the Bible dictionary, she was dragged in every direction. The King James word is cumbered. Cumbered about. But I'm getting ahead of my story and ahead of my notes. Let's do this one step at a time. Uh, I have three things we should learn from the story. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. The first thing is that sitting at Jesus' feet is a personal choice. And that's the first two verses here. In our story, verse 38 and verse 39. Martha made a choice. She might have not even thought about she was making this choice, but she made a choice to continue to serve Jesus with all her heart, soul, mind, and strength. She was going to get this list done, even if it killed her. She was going to work to the bone. What expressions do you use? She was going to keep at it. She was going to motivate her team. She was going to see that the job get done. Jesus deserves the best meal, doesn't he? Sure he does. Mary also made a choice. Mary's choice was she was going to listen to what was on Jesus' heart for her and for the disciples around. So she found herself sitting 
close to Jesus where she could hang on to every word. She may have not said a, a thing. Maybe she confessed her sins. Maybe she praised Jesus. It doesn't say. It just says she listened to him. She chose to listen to Jesus. Jesus came into the world with a divine mission. And what was that mission? Luke's gospel is sometimes summarized in verse uh, 10 of chapter 19. The Son of Man, Jesus said, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is the gospel of lost things and lost people. The gospel of Luke, as it tells the story of Jesus. But Jesus will not force eternal life on anyone. He offers it to all who believe. He stands at our heart's door and knocks. He's created us as our creator with the choice. We can choose to accept his offer or we can reject. We can choose to be close to him or we can choose to walk away from him. But as many as received him, John 1.12, to them Jesus gave power, the right, the privilege to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Hebrews writer uh, writes. So Martha and Mary and Lazarus and all these disciples, they chose to answer the call of Jesus. And probably most of us here today have chosen to answer that call. If you haven't answered the call to receive Jesus today, that call's coming to you. Those of us that have chosen to answer Jesus' call, every day we also have a choice. Are we going to listen to Jesus? Are we going to take time to hear what's on his heart? Matthew Henry, the great commentator, said, sitting at Jesus' feet signifies a readiness to receive his word and a submission to the guidance of it. It's not just one ear and out the other. It's taking in those words and asking God, what am I to do? What does this mean for me? And listening to the Holy Spirit's guidance. Mary made a choice to sit at Jesus' feet and hear him. And Jesus in verse 42 says, Mary has chosen that good part. He highlighted her choice in a very kind way to Martha that Mary has chosen that good part. Peter made a choice for Jesus in John 6, 68. Simon Peter answered Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You're the only one that has the words of eternal life. I've made a choice for Jesus. You've made a choice for Jesus. Every day, we have the opportunity to again make a choice to listen to Jesus. We can listen to him as we work. I'm amazed regularly as I work with young medical students how they can multitask. They can be texting. They can be looking up uh, medications. They can be kind of listening to the patient, kind of listening to me. Sometimes I'm kind of talkative. I know that's hard for most of you to uh, believe. But anyway, Martha was probably multitasking somewhat. We can multitask, even in our busyness. We can meditate on that scripture that we read in the morning. Those of you that are truck drivers can hang those uh, verses of scripture on the dash of your truck. I've known different truck drivers who've done that. You can put pictures uh, and words of Jesus around on the walls. We can have Jesus 
in our hearts, closed even in our busyness. It's important, though, to take time away from our busyness. And sometimes even in the midst of our busyness, to say, I need a little time to think. And the people around us may not realize we're taking time to think prayer thoughts. In Jesus, we have all these blessings, including the blessing of being close to him. Every day, a Christian can be close to Jesus. That's where I want to be. I want to be close to Jesus. I want to make that choice. Mary made the choice. I want to be close to Jesus. Not only did she make the choice to be close to Jesus, she found that sitting at Jesus' feet was a peaceful experience. Listening to Jesus is a peaceful experience, even in the middle of busyness, isn't it? I saw that yesterday at the Fall Festival. I saw so many Christians just peacefully, joyfully serving others. It was a blessing. This peacefulness is contrasted in the next two verses with Martha's frustrating experience as she was serving Jesus, getting this meal ready. I mentioned the word cumbered, being dragged in different directions. Much serving. Martha was being cumbered with much serving. She was overwhelmed. And when we're overwhelmed, we need to do what Martha did. We need to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need help. And I've heard people pray prayers that may have not been directed so much as Jesus as the people around her. And maybe this prayer that Martha had for Jesus, it was to Jesus, but it also was maybe to Martha. The prayer was, Jesus, I need help, and I don't feel that you're caring about me. Would you please, would you please, um, Martha didn't move. I mean, Mary didn't move. She's still sitting there. Jesus, would you please, Maybe Martha's waving at Mary. Finally, she finished the prayer. Would you please talk to my sister Martha and see if she couldn't come back to the kitchen and help me? Reminds me a little of the little child he was praying. It was coming toward Christmas time and at bedtime prayers. Instead of praying the little regular prayer, he started praying a special prayer. And dear God, I would like a wagon for Christmas. Dear God, and he named a few other toys, and he finally finished, and his mother said, Well, son, you don't need to pray so loud. God's not deaf. He said, I know, but Grandma is. (laughs) Sometimes we pray prayers that are maybe directed to the people around us, not good prayers. I've done it. Probably all of you have too. Martha did it this time. But at least, to her credit, she went to Jesus when she was overwhelmed. Where else can we go when we're overwhelmed to where we can really get help? And Jesus helped her. Look at his loving words. My dear Martha, my dear Martha. He saw her dragged around in every different direction. He saw her with her much serving. And the kind words he has for her, he has for us as well, who love Jesus, who have chosen to follow Jesus, who want to serve Jesus who get overwhelmed trying to multitask. What did he say to her? Verse 41. 
Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. That's the King James Version. The word careful is a good word, isn't it? I was told that all the time growing up. Be careful, be careful, please be careful. Well, in, in the sense of the old King James English, the word careful here isn't the prettiest word. It actually means anxious. It's the same word in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, or be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. Jesus was saying, Martha, I see you're anxious. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Then the next word is troubled. The Latin here is turba, to make turbid, like cloudy water, to disturb, to trouble. He saw that Martha was anxious. He saw that she was troubled. How many times have I been anxious and troubled? Well, we must get to our third point. The first point was sitting at Jesus' feet is a personal choice. The second is that sitting at Jesus' feet is a peaceful experience. And finally, on the last verse, sitting at Jesus' feet is of prime importance. Don't miss this point. It's a priority. Jesus, in this last verse, he defended Mary's choice. He said, and, and this is my paraphrase, this peaceful, blessed, holy, necessary experience of sitting at my feet and listening to my words will not be taken away from Mary. She will not be helping you in the kitchen right now. She is where she needs to be. Sometimes we as Christians need to hear these words when we're praying maybe to God about, what about that person? Shouldn't they be doing this? Maybe we need to take our hands off the management and just go to Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? I'm going to sit here and listen to you, even if others don't understand, even if others are pressing me to do this or that. I don't know what's on your to-do list for next week. I imagine... There's some babies on the to-do list. There's some children. There's some work expectations. Maybe there's some travel. Those of you that are visitors, you've got some travel ahead. Everything we do should be done as unto the Lord. And all these things are important. But let's do them with an ear for Jesus. Let's do them for, with a love for those around us. Mary wanted to be close to Jesus. In our doing, in our activity, let's stay close to Jesus. Nine years ago, my mother was on her deathbed. She loved to serve others. She could get more work done than any of us. Amazing lady. Always busy. Just an incredible person. I told you about her getting ready for that dinner at our house. I want to tell you about two or three days before she died. She was so weak, she couldn't even lift a cup. 
for a drink of water, and she didn't have a lot of hunger in her last weeks. She probably had cancer and was just slowly dying, but one of her, about her third night before she died, I was able to sleep there in the living room beside her hospital bed. And during the night, we had a lot of wonderful times, those last two nights that I was with her. But at one point during the night, she said, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. She wanted to be close to Jesus. As her service to Jesus got less and less, and she couldn't even serve her own personal needs at the end, her closeness to Jesus got closer and closer. Her fellowship with him got dearer. And her desire at the end was, I want to be with Jesus. That's where Mary was, even in the middle of the busyness. She wanted to be close to Jesus. And Jesus said, that closeness is never going to be taken away. Maybe he was looking down the road to when the Holy Spirit would be with Mary and with all the believers and within them, his spirit. In Romans 8, we read these questions, a number of questions, but one, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And Paul answers basically nothing. He goes on and says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mary chose to be with Jesus instead of doing for Jesus. The psalmist wrote, One thing I have desired, and that will I seek after, that I can dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Is there anything more important than serving Jesus? This story would suggest to us that yes, there's something more important than serving Jesus. That's being close to Jesus. Who we are is more important than what we do. Being and doing, both are important, but I would say what we do can get out of balance. We can be so busy trying to serve Jesus that we forget who we are in him and that he is within us. We've all heard the expression, or at least I've heard it different times. Don't just sit there and talk. Get up and do something. Maybe we should be saying, don't just do something. Sit there and listen. Serving Jesus is important. Please don't misunderstand this message today. Serving Jesus is important. Following Jesus is important, but being with him is more important. And only as we spend time listening to Jesus does our work for him become clear and our work becomes peaceful. We have a choice today. We have a choice tomorrow. 
We have a choice on Tuesday. That choice is, are we going to be with Jesus? Are we going to just be running around, dragged in every direction, trying to get our list done? I want to be close to Jesus. How about you? I love the song, sitting at the feet of Jesus, watching, waiting every day. And... um Jeff and Charlotte and a couple other singers are going to lead us in worship as we sing this song. The third verse of the song is actually a prayer, and I would just encourage you to pray along with them, especially in this third verse. Let's just open our hearts to God as we make a choice today to be close to Jesus. You've been a very attentive group. God bless you for listening. And uh, I guess after the special song, then Brother Joe maybe has another song. So uh, let's worship as we praise the Lord together. Make me holy as 
Yeah.